It's time for the IHSA Safety Podcast. Hey, David, thanks for coming back to join me today to talk about Element 8 Training and Communications. Oh, no problem, Stacy. All right, we'll hop right in here. Um, okay, 8.1, uh, orientation training we're talking about here. Does the organization have a documented orientation program? What are we looking for? So we want to verify that there is an actual program in place, and that program has to include all relevant aspects of the organization's health and safety program. We want to make sure that um, that the all the health and safety requirements are covered in the orientation, and we want to make sure, you know, if you're a constructor, uh, sub-trades and suppliers uh, are going to be included as well. Okay, so in terms of evidence for this question, we'd be looking for the company to submit their actual procedure for orientations. Yeah, we want ex- exactly want to make sure that their procedure is set out. Okay, 8.2, is orientation a mandatory requirement for all personnel? Uh, yeah, so this one here, we want to verify that the orientations were conducted to all personnel uh, upon joining the organization, all right, before they start work, right? It includes uh, both management, supervisors, workers, could be subcontractors, and some of the suppliers could be included as well. Okay, and then, um, so in terms of documentation, as always, we're looking for three samples. Yeah, we're looking for three samples, and we're looking for this current, you know, the current um, audit cycle that, the, that they're going to be going on. So if we're dealing with 2021, so we're workers, uh, was anybody that who was hired by the company orientated? Do we get those those records? We don't want to see records from previous years at this right. point. Okay. Um, 8.3, is orientation standardized across the organization? Yeah, so for this question here, we want to verify that uh, there's a standard orientation form or equivalent is being used. Uh, We want to check orientation records. And again, we want to look for those three samples that are provided. Okay, Um, 8.4, is there a provision for the signatures of both the worker and the person conducting the orientation? So this one's pretty simple. We're looking for the the orientation records. And again, the person who um, was giving the orientation and the person who was taking the orientation, have they both signed off on that um, on that training record there, on that orientation training? And again, we're looking for those three samples. All right, um, pretty straightforward there. 8.5, are orientation records maintained? Um, we want to verify that the records uh, of employees' orientations, that they're available, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we want to make sure that the company is is keeping track. And again, sometimes you may see companies that have uh, training matrices that go along that this way, who's had the orientation and when they've taken it. Right. Okay, so I have a question that pertains to, you know, the last three questions or last few questions that we just discussed. And, um, you know, in the core audit process, we're always looking to verify three samples that are from the past 12 months. But um, what happens if a company has maybe, you know, only hired one person in the past 12 months? Well, this is where the auditor notes uh, would come into play, Stacey, um, and they're very important. So we would expect the auditor to to state that, you know, that there has only been one or two, however many they've hired over the last 12 months. And those are the training records that are provided, but they would also include other training records of you know people that have been hired previous to that. Right, okay, thank you. Um, okay, so now we're gonna talk more about, um, we're gonna talk about job specific training. Uh, so 8.6, are mandatory training requirements verified or training provided before starting work? So this one here is um, is one that gets uh, some of the firms in trouble. The first thing we have to do is is verify what mandatory training 
is required and if there is other mandatory training that you as an employer uh, would expect to have for your workers. Mm -hmm. Right, so, you know, we want to make sure that, you know, the Ministry of Labour four or five step has put into play, you know, is women's required, is working at heights a mandatory training program. And again, we want to make sure that um, that those are uh, in place. Right. Okay. Yeah. And sometimes, so that that would be specific, specifically outlined in the organization's procedure, correct? That's correct, right? It goes back to the whole idea of the program, right? What's required and what do workers need to be trained on? Right. Okay. And and sometimes I'll see um, orientation checklists that have been submitted, um, but there's lots of training and there's like lots of um, spaces for, for training requirements to be checked off. But there's nothing actually given to say, you know, what is the mandatory training? Um, so we don't really know what this worker is required to have, right? Right, again, going back to what they've stated in their program is gonna be mandatory and that's what we would expect to be checked off on every workers, right? And, then, and right. it doesn't matter if you're a worker in the office or if you're a worker out in the field, uh, mm -hmm. there are certain mandatory training requirements that are gonna be expected to, uh, that every worker has. Okay, uh, 8.7 is job specific training provided and are records retained? So again, we want, we want to verify that the job specific training was provided, right? This is, could be something other than the mandatory training. Uh, we want to make sure that workers are trained in uh, the procedures that have been set out, uh, safe work practices uh, that, the, that the employer has set out for them. Okay, and um, training should be, you know, specified per rule. So, um, you know, not everyone is going to be required to have the same level of training depending on what their position is. So, like an example would be uh, an employee who's working in accounting isn't going to have the same uh, type of training requirements as somebody who would be working in the field. Correct. You know, we'd expect the workers uh, working out in the field to be trained in the specific uh, procedures that they're going to be working towards and it could be something like confined space uh, could be setting up traffic control plans it could be traffic control person or if they're going to be working with asbestos or you know asbestos abatement and we want them to be trained on that specific uh, task right okay 8.8 uh, .8, does a competent person uh, provide or conduct uh, job specific training so this one here, you know, competent person defined under the Occupational Health and Safety Act. Uh, we were looking for the trainer's qualifications to include things like education, could be a trade certificate, uh, years of relevant experience, and obviously skills in, in, uh, in training as well. Uh, we want to make sure that the program um, content is provided. Uh, if it's from a third-party uh, consultant or a third-party trainer, because with without that, we don't know what the what the program contents are, so that we're able to verify this question. Okay, um, eight point nine. Have supervisors received training in workplace inspections and health and safety responsibilities? And this is a uh, it's a two-part question as well. There's the uh, workplace inspections part of it and the responsibility part of it. Um, we're looking at the Ministry of Labour five-step for their responsibilities uh, could be included in there. Mm -hmm. uh, but you know, IHSA looks at um, our basics of supervising as as the standard for mm -hmm. for for the supervisor training. We'd want you know to see something in in that realm come into play. Right. Okay, um, 8.10, is training understood by personnel and is it effective? So this one here is a, an observation and interview question. Um, so we're going to, you know, above that 51% for the interview, but we want to ensure that the auditor notes uh, specifies the, uh, the, what, they, what was observed on the, uh, on the project. Okay, 
Uh, now moving along into the next section of this element uh, where we're discussing health and safety communication meetings. Um, 8.11, does senior management of the organization hold scheduled health and safety meetings? So this one here, um, two part, we're looking at for documentation and interview. Um, so what we're looking for in this one here for the documentation part of it, is there a set schedule for uh, safety meetings set out by senior management? Mm -hmm. And they may have specific uh, monthly meetings or they may have specific quarterly meetings that are set out. And so in terms of evidence, we'd be looking for something in their procedure to specify what it is that they're doing, whether it's annual, yeah. quarterly, yeah, exactly. You know, that's so it's spelled out. And again, we'd, you know, we'd expect them to um, carry on with those meetings. Yeah. Okay. And 8.12, does senior management attend or participate in the health and safety meetings? You, you'd hope that uh, senior management is there. They're the ones that have set the schedule. Um, mm -hmm. So um, if, if senior management is there, it typically gives the workers, um, you know, the impression that senior management uh, expects certain things, not only from the workers, but from themselves as well. So again, mm -hmm. we want to make sure that that is, uh, that that is verified. Uh, and you can verify that through um, documentation, like meeting minutes. It could be a sign-in sheet and so forth. Right. Okay. Um, and one thing that we, you know, sometimes we'll see is that the health and safety meetings um, are not being held as per the schedule that has been exactly. Yeah, and again, so if you're, you know, let's just say that they're looking for at four meetings a year, and mm -hmm. you know they've given us evidence for for three of them, but maybe they're not the consecutive days that are the consecutive quarters that that we that we had. You know, you might be asking the question for, uh, you know, why, you know, where was that? that fourth one, you know, where, right. you know, how come it didn't happen? And again, this is where the auditor notes could come into play and say uh, that, you know, maybe the, the second quarter, third quarter, whatever one was missed was missed because of, and, you know, things that are happening in the world today, you know, it could be something like, like COVID that we weren't able to, mm -hmm. to conduct that meeting. But again, the, the auditor mm -hmm. notes can verify that. Right. Okay. Um, 8.13, uh, are records of safety meetings retained? So with this here, we're looking for meeting agendas. We're looking for, uh, could be minutes, and we're gonna be looking for who attended. So the attendance list are things that we would be looking for. Okay, thank you. Um, 8.14, does two-way communication exist at these meetings? And this is a big one uh, I look at be just because we want to have workers input when it comes to, to health and safety. And sometimes you'll see a lot of, uh, it's a PowerPoint slide and the last slide will say um, question and answer. Mm -hmm. What were the questions? What were the answers, um, you know, that were given out by, you know, you'd be able to show two-way communication happened. Right. So we definitely want to see, you know, we can see that like the slideshow, but we also want to see what is was the actual communication. So, you know, meeting minutes would be required or some sort yeah. of documentation. Yeah, just having that, you know, that that slide on the in a PowerPoint that says Q and A, is mm -hmm. not going to is not going to be suffice. We want to see, you know, what was the communication, and typically, um, we you, you want to try to you know get workers to to have their input, and sometimes workers don't want to, but you know if you insist. Um, you know, that they, that, you know, that you want them to participate and, and the reason why you want them to particip participate, a lot of them will do that. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, so now moving on to the last question in this element, um, 815, are tailgate or toolbox talks or their equivalent held as scheduled? 
Uh, again, another important one here. Um, first thing we want to look at is how often are the toolbox talks stated that they're going to be held with the organization. Mm -hmm. If it states that they're going to be held on a weekly basis, that's what we're looking for. We want to ensure that those uh, toolbox talks are actually happening. Mm -hmm. And again, we uh, want to have workers sign off on them, um, you know, to show their participation in them. Okay. And as you were saying that we're, we're as with most things, <laughs> we're verifying to what the organization has put in their procedures. So uh, we would need to see the procedure in this question um, to show what is being stipulated and then plus at least three pieces of documentation backing up that they are following the procedure. Yeah, for sure. That's what we're looking for. Okie doke. Um, so that brings us to the end of this element and our discussion on training and communications. Um, did you have any final thoughts or any final recommendations on this topic? Uh, well, this, this is a big element for the employers and we want to make sure that they're ensuring that they're properly communicating what training they're giving their workers and what's expected uh, when they're hired. All right, we want to make sure um, you know, if, if workers change positions, uh, is there additional training required? Uh, and all this information should be outlined within this, this part of their program. Right. Okay. Well, um, I want to thank you for coming in and talking to me about this. And uh, we'll see you on our next uh, discussion together. Awesome. Thanks, Daisy. Thank you. the IHSA Safety Podcast. For more episodes, tips, and all things safety, go to ihsasafetypodcast.ca. Thanks for listening.